All right, what you need to know being brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lindsay Baseball, you ready to roll? Always ready to roll, Cappy. Kind of figured you would be. Yeah. You know me. You know me. Well, Cappy, I don't know if you are, but if any of our listeners are a fan of Bruce Springsteen, listen up. Because starting this weekend, Bruce Springsteen Live will open at the Grammy Museum downtown at LA Live. The interactive exhibit, which runs until April 2nd, will feature Springsteen and the E Street Band's live performance footage, instruments, stage costumes, and exclusive interviews. They got all kinds of cool stuff there. Visitors will be able to view Springsteen's handwritten set lists, along with iconic items like his modified Fender guitar that was featured on several album covers, such as Human Torch and Born to Run. Tickets for the exhibit start at $12, and for more info, check out grammymuseum.org. That's what you need to know. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you just mentioned the price of tickets, because I remember like the last time Springsteen was in concert, people were talking about how insanely expensive Springsteen tickets were. I'm not like the biggest Boss fan, but I would probably maybe go because I've never seen him in person. But it's not him. It's just an, an interactive exhibit at the Grammy Museum. I no, mean, I got you, it, yeah. which is which is why I'm glad like tickets are like reasonable. Like, yeah. It's not just Bruce Springsteen like, hey, because it's Boss, you got to pay a fortune. 12 bucks, okay. If I'm interested, I'd go. I feel like that's a cool, you know, cool way to spend 12 bucks. Probably take a day, you know couple hours at least something fun to do i'm not a big bruce springsteen fan but i know a lot of people who are and you know they got like uh what's his his saxophonist clarence they've got one of his saxophones in there all kinds of cool you know i'm sure there's going to be like a courtney cox appearance somewhere in the exhibit yeah you said clarence i was like my first clarence is like clarence thomas but it's like clarence something else clarence carter does that sound right um, no i don't know who clarence carter is who the hell is that is he maybe no, maybe not. Who's the who's the saxophone player for? Uh, it up, stand by. Clarence who's Clarence Clemens. Carter? Clarence oh, Clar- who's Clarence Carter? Yeah. Who's Clarence Carter then? I don't know. And there's something. Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence <laughs> Carter, you're, Clarence you're Carter. Clarence. Making it up. No, no. I think there's something. Oh, no, somebody. Right. He's an American singer, songwriter, musician, and record producer. Okay. Uh, I knew his he was most somebody. successful songs include "Slip Away" and "Backdoor Santa." I don't know what that one means, but... No, me neither. I don't know what Backdoor Santa's either. Patches and Strokin'. I don't know. Oh, Strokin'. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Strokin'. You would we be Strokin'. Yeah. Uh, you really uh, do know that? Uh, oh, we be Strokin'. And that's, that's where it comes from. from like Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. Now I need to find this because I need to know if you're telling the truth or not. Straight up for real, homegirl. That George, I'm, uh, no. I'm watching my favorite uh, college football team, as I've told you today. Yeah. Zero, zero at half. This Fairmont State FSU, they're going in for a touchdown. They fumble. We return it like 90 yards. We wind up scoring a touchdown. Then we um, we get a uh, we a fu- we sack the quarterback, fumble, pick it up, run it in, touchdown, 14 nothing. Then um, we punt to them. It hits off their returner. We recover. We score another touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's 21 nothing, or 20 to nothing. Did we miss the PAT? What the heck happened here? I don't know. I'm trying to follow this game while I'm talking to you guys. Well, good. I'm glad they're winning. I'm a mess right now. Why are you a mess? Because I'm trying to follow this, uh, and I think I, we maybe we. My son actually had an onside kick that we recovered, which was great. Yeah. Well, like I said, well, I'm trying to follow, trying to well, do why, the radio well, show. Why are you a mess? I don't understand. They're winning. I, I I know, but like I get like like as a father, like when you watch your kid play, you just like it just makes you crazy. It really does. It's very hard to watch. 
you know, he's done well. He hit, kicked an onside kick. They recovered it. Yep. What do you want for the kid? No, no, he's he's doing good. And I, but I just saw the score was twenty to nothing, and I'm like, did we miss the PAT? And now I just saw it on a replay, and we actually made the PAT. But it's just that it's Division Two football that's streaming, and they didn't put the one the on. Score yet? Yeah. 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 Okay. Then there you go. All right. Were you going to get on him if he missed the PAT? Well, yes, I I will get on him if he misses the PAT. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. So, anyway, you were going to talk to us about the uh, the Lakers. So, let's get back to it. What do you say? Well, you brought up an interesting point in our chat today about Jeannie Buss appearing on the Rich Eisen show. Mm-hmm. And do we have that audio, Laura? Yes, we have it. Oh, okay. L- let me hear that because he, uh, she kind of feels um, – I don't know if the word, what the word I'm going to give her. She's kind of surprised, I guess, at the reaction at the quote-unquote inner circle of the Lakers. But go ahead. Let's, let's hear it from her. Who is in your inner circle? There's so much conversation this yeah, time about I, who is I, in your inner circle. Yeah, people Buzz. are, like, fascinated with with uh, that for some reason. And, you know, I could ask you, do you ever ask Mark Cuban who his inner circle is or Joe Lacob who his inner circle is? It's just I, it, there's just something about being a woman, I think, that people feel like, oh, you know, what crutches does she need or what does she lean on? because she's not capable of doing it herself. So, um, you know, I have um, great people that work with, that I work with. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, people seem most interested in Linda Rambis, who I've been working with for, you know, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've operated in the same style since I started working, you know, with the organization and even before that with the Great Western Forum putting on events and, um, you know, I build, I, I'm a leader. I'm not a dictator. I like to build consensus. I like to hear from, you know, everybody at the table. And uh, then ultimately, it's, you know, people need to understand I'm the governor of the team and I'm held accountable for every decision that's made, both business and basketball. So if anything goes wrong, it's on my watch and I'm held accountable for it. Um, wow. Look, I, 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 okay, wow, you wowed. Okay, what did you wow about? I'm well, I, listen, I got to say, I'll, I'll say it like this, man. I mean, we're, we're partners with the Lakers, so I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll tiptoe, but I'll say what I really feel. Jeannie, I could not disagree with you more. And In I'll regards say th- to what part? The part about her being female and everybody asking about her inner circle. Well, I, I was going to push back a little on that as well, only because while I do understand her feeling that, Everybody, people actually do want to know who Mark Cuban's inner circle is because for many years we knew it was Donnie um, uh, Brasco. No, not Donnie Brasco. Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, not Don Wahlberg. Don Nelson's son. And, you know, and I do think that people want to know who the decision makers are, right, in on all these teams. I don't think it's just specific to the Lakers. I think when, when, Sean McVay and Les Snead, right? Like, Les Snead's the GM, but we've learned over the years that Sean McVay has had more input on the draft and free agency and things of that nature, and they're part of that inner circle. Um, we And in sports in general, I don't think that that's like a – I think that's a conversation that gets had a lot, actually. So that would be – respectfully, I would push back on that a little bit. Well, let me let me say this. When the Lakers won the championship the bubble year, Jeannie was celebrated, if you may recall – Hey, how about this? As I recall, the conversation was, this is the first female owner of a major sports franchise of the major sports in America to lead a franchise to a championship. She was celebrated for being female 
and being so incredibly successful. So on one hand, she's being celebrated. And on the other hand, I feel like she was kind of defensive about the question about the inner circle. And she right away came to, well, I'm a female. Therefore, everybody's so curious because clearly you can't know anything about baseball because you're just a girl. Wrong. I actually think the reason that people are so interested in the Lakers inner circle is because there's so much content out there about it. We've been talking about this this uh, Hulu documentary series, Legacy. We're getting to see more stuff about the brothers, the relationships, the father, the younger brothers. We hear about this. Listen, I can appreciate being a consensus builder. Sometimes when you're a consensus builder, I know it's, I have, I'm like that too, but it actually sometimes can be a detriment. I like to hear everybody's opinion, get input from everybody, and then make a decision. I can appreciate where she's coming from, but I don't think anybody is curious about her inner circle strictly because she's female. I don't know why she was so defensive about it. Um, it is a it is a, a, a sensitive subject, I think, because particularly like pre pre LeBron and right when Le, and the first year LeBron got here, there was a lot of questions about. How is this happening? Why is this happening? Who is who is in charge here? Who are the people involved in making these decisions, um, whether it's collaborative or individually? So, and and what I would say to you is, again, I understand why she would feel that way. I do, I do understand why she would feel that way because she is one of one in that scenario. So it's only natural a, human, a natural human behavior for her to feel that way. So, but I, I, I the the only reason I'm pushing back a little is because I'll give you an example. To me, the Lakers are the crown jewel of the NBA, right? And they're the team that has the biggest fan base, people are most interested in. And the equivalent to that in baseball, let's say, for example, is the Yankees. And when George Steinbrenner passed away, a lot of people were questioning what, who's in charge, who's making these moves. Because remember, they went so long without winning. Uh, it went, I mean, in theory, they're like the Lakers, right? I mean, 10 years is not a lot, but they went about eight, nine years or whatever it was between winning the Yankees. But in those nine years, people were like, well, are Hal and Hank Steinbrenner involved here? Like, are they making decisions? Is it Brian Cashman making decisions? So I don't think that it's necessarily because she's female, though I do understand because she is one of one why she would feel that way. But there are other organizations that are put on this pedestal, like the Yankees and the Lakers, that get that kind of scrutiny is the way I would describe it. Yeah. So I don't think that the Lakers are alone in that. I, I do think there is a group of teams that people are so into or they're so polarizing that people want to know these questions. But it's not – I don't believe it's just a Lakers-specific thing. Listen, if I were Jeannie Buss – I'd be more offended at the notion of when people say things like, well, she's not a basketball person. Like, when people say that, like, I'm offended actually for her. In other words, she's been around the Lakers practically her entire adult life. She watched her father manage over the Laker organization. She was around Jerry West. She was around Magic Johnson. She's been around Phil Jackson. So when people say she's not a basketball person, like, I'm actually offended for her because the reason they say that is because she's female. But yet her brothers, oh, what, they're basketball people because they learned how to scout under Jerry West and they happen to be dudes? Like, if I were her, I would not be offended by, and I would definitely not break out the woman card on the, I'm a woman, that's why you're interested in my inner circle. No, we're interested in your inner circle because you have documentaries about the inner workings of of your organization, you've put it out there, and 
because you're a consensus builder and because no one un- understands who actually really makes these decisions, yeah, people are very curious. I don't I, I really wish that Jeannie would she does interviews with everybody. She's on everybody's podcast, she's on everybody's radio show. Jeannie, we're here. Let, let's have a conversation. Oh, there we go. That's all this was boiling. Eventually, this was what we're the ending you wanted. That's where you wanted to land the plane. Jeannie, just come on our show and tell us all well, these I don't really things. care if she Not comes on, on our Rich show Eisen or if she show. comes on anybody else's show. I'm just saying that these are friendly waters, frankly. We're her business partners. She you has know? been on, like, every show. But our, I mean, when, like was every... la- when was the last time you've heard Jeannie on the radio station? Serious question. I think it was the last time Sedano had her on. Which was yeah, how long ago? we had her on a, while, a long like time ago. two, three years oh, ago? A couple years ago. I mean, so, come on. I mean, l- listen. Jeannie, all I'm saying is this. Um, it was like two years ago. She came on with me and LZ, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, these, like I said, these are, make no mistake, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, these are friendly waters. You know? Uh, yeah, listen, I, 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 look, I'm with you. I don't think she's trying to pull, I, do, I don't think she's trying to pull a card, though. Like, I just think that it's real. She is only one of one. Is there another female owner in major professional sports? No, but that's not why we're interested in her no, in a circle. I, 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 I agree with you. But again, as you know, two, thing, two things can be true at once. That would be a great T-shirt. Yeah. Both things can be true at the same time, where she can feel that way because she is one of one, and it's only natural to feel that way. But I'm with you that I don't think this is just Lakers-specific. I just gave you um, a, a perfect example of the Yankees getting all that type of scrutiny in a very similar fashion. Um, than the Lakers did based on the patriarch of the family passing away who was a big figure in the uh, organization, much like her father, and the, the children who took over the team took a lot of grief. And by the way, still take a lot of grief in New York. Uh, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, and, and listen, and Eisen brought that up specifically because, like, you know, now all of a sudden he realizes that he's offended her and he's not trying to offend her. And he says, well, you know, listen, if the Yankees were talking, I'd love to know about their inner circle. He brings up Jerry Jones. He's like, a lot of people think Jerry Jones' inner circle is all of his family and people are so interested about who's the Correct. decision That's makers are because they're right. all family Stephen people. Jones, Jerry Jones, right, right. yes. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's not, I, again, I, I don't know why she got so offended by the question. But, I, you, I mean, I just explained to you why because she's one of one. So I, just, I could, don't agree. So it's just a natural. I mean, you get defensive all the time over T-shirts. No, I get defensive over accusations that are inaccurate. Okay. Well, she's feeling the same way. Well, I think the reason, though, that we're interested in her inner circle is because <laughs> of all the content available. <laughs> I mean, that probably is part of it too. But I, I think that you know, whether it's the Yankees or the Cowboys or whatever, there are other teams in sports that get that kind of scrutiny. So I, I would push back there. But, but I do get why she would feel that way. Like I, I get it. I'm not dismissing that. Why are you dismissing it? Why are you a dismisser? Well, well I just I just don't agree. And it's you're it's okay to disagree, I guess. No, it's okay to disagree. I'm just saying. Jeannie, you're a I would love Jeannie, you're you're always welcome here. Uh, we there have we go. Honest, Back frank, again. open conversations. <laughs> I will say this. You are transparent when it comes to that though. I'll give you all the credit. I mean, it's not gonna make or break the show. It's not like that big of a deal. What I'm saying though is that you know, if you want to have a conversation Laura says we gotta wrap. Oh, well then let's wrap. A hip. Hop, hip it to the hip, 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 hop, and you don't stop a rocking. Ooh, Ashanti. I haven't heard this song in a long time. How old is Ashanti? Uh, I would say probably 20. I think 42. 42 is, yep. 42 is what uh, Lindsay yep. told us earlier today. Yep. 42, Ashanti, huh? 
Yeah. Is it going to surprise everybody if I tell you I'm really not even remotely familiar with nope, her work? No, I'm not, not surprised in the nope. least, to be honest with you. I was kind of waiting to see if uh, what you were going to try to, like, associate with the Shanti. Yeah, no, I think lately in the mornings I've been driving my daughter to school. Actually, she's driving me, and I just grip on for, you know, my life. She's been playing somebody called, is there somebody called Scissor? Scissor? Yeah, SZA, S-Z-A. Yeah, SZA. Oh, S-Z-A, not S-Z-A. Yeah, no, okay. no R. Mm-mm. So she's just amazing. SZA. She's amazing, by the way. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lately we've been jamming out to some SZA. Yeah. All the stars, man. It's a great song. Yeah, my kids know what's up. I don't know what's up. Well, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in modern music today. I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, modern music. I mean, listen, I knew Clarence Carter earlier. Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. Everybody's like, what the hell is that? But Lindsay's like, you're making Lindsay that had up. Lindsay to... Find, I like, did find literally. it. Before I, I totally I, thought I was making it up. I did yep. think you were making it up. And then Carlo came in here and he was just like, I also thought that that song, he's like, I didn't think that was real, but it is real. And he said he thought it was like a parody or a joke song. But wait, it, before I, I didn't check it to see if anyone swears in it. I don't think so. No, okay. nobody swears in okay. it. I mean, yeah, I, but... I don't know. I just, hold on, I'm going to play it. No. Yeah. I'm stroking. He'd be stroking. Uh, uh, stroking to the east and stroking, and stroking to, to, the to the west. west. Right. I'm stroking with the woman that I love the best. Yeah. The video for this is outrageous. Of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stroking. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what am I listening to right now? That's Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. Is it country or is it like? No, man. It's, it's like, like a, it's kind of like rhythm and blues a little bit from uh, you know. It's is I guess the way you would describe it. It's rhythm and blues adjacent. Broken to the lens. No, no, no. I feel like I need to like listen to this whole song now. Turn it up. I mean, you could play it underneath if you like. Yeah, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> What? The car's better, I'm just saying. Hey, oh, now. there you go. There you Clarence wants to know your personals. Clearly. <laughs> Wait, she's gonna he's gonna start screaming his name. Yeah. Oh huh. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> to the east. I stroke it to the west. Why am I not surprised Cappy's so excited about this song? Say, this is definitely a Cappy song. I just don't know how I still know this stuff. I mean, it's not that hard. Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. Yeah, this was either late 60s, early 70s, I feel like, in that range. Really? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it has a music video would sell, tell you otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, early 70s, I feel like, stroking. Yeah. This music video's got, like, this little claymation going on in it, too. It's it's great. This is a great, Cap. Good find. Well, hey, listen, um, you could watch tonight probably the documentary on Clarence Carter after you get done with the documentary on Barney. Oh, I already yeah. watched that one last night. Was By it good? Way, uh, yeah, Dre, it right. uh, one of our, she's one of our uh, Sedano and Cap community members. Um, she just posted a picture of Ashanti from her Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, she writes, Ashanti so fire, it makes no sense. 42 where? And the picture she posted is like, damn, Ashanti still does look unbelievable. She still looks like she's in her 20s. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She wrote the J-Lo song that ain't that funny. 
familiar I'm with that need, one, Captain? I'm going to need to kind of get into that. Oh, that's to, a good song, but... I'm going to have to put some Ashanti on my Pandora later. You probably know some Ashanti with Ja Rule, because they yeah. teamed oh, yeah. up together quite a lot. What would I be without my baby? Yeah, you know that one, Captain. <laughs> nice, George. Nice. What would I be with? So, I hey, can I... be without you. Can that I was a little a, Waldo, I think, but yes. Can I just get a quick review like of, of the Barney documentary that I haven't watched yet and I'm probably not going to watch, but I'm curious? It was good, but it wasn't as like salacious and scandalous as I thought it would be. Oh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was it was interesting. I thought it was interesting, but, you know, it's more like sad, I guess, towards the end. Oh, man. Then I'm not interested. Yeah, yeah. There's somebody, somebody like killed somebody in it at some point. That's all I have Whoa, to say. Whoa, Barney. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's All not right. it's not as like ooh shocking scandalous like drugs and sex and alcohol woo like nothing like that. No, that's unfortunate. That's un- unfortunate. I mean, you know, you want salaciousness when it's a big purple like kids show, and you know if there's going to be real scandal, you know, I mean, make it really scandalous. I mean, it was interesting how uh, how like Barney came to be, and it was just like you know made these people super rich, and then it's just like. Tore apart their family, which is like, oh, that sad. happens, man. Money will uh, tear you apart. Yeah, you know, and and fame clearly. Yeah. Uh, real quick on Sean McVay. So Sean McVay was asked about the Odell Beckham thing we talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. where Odell said in on Twitter that they didn't make it, they didn't offer him anything, that he knows his worth, and it's more than that. I mean, anything was hyperbolic, but they clearly made him a lowball offer. And uh, Sean said. Lindsay, what did he say? He's Oh, he said that that's not the last and final offer. So they're like, you know, they're going back and forth and negotiating, I guess. Can I ask everybody a question? Yeah. This Odell Beckham you speak of, um, does he play offensive line? He does not. Oh, well, then, there's, then we're all wasting our time here. Because if you don't have an offensive line to protect your quarterback and your quarterback doesn't have time to throw, then there's no sense in bringing on a guy who catches balls. You need guys who can block. Well, they do need that for sure. There's no doubt. But I don't know if you're going to be able to add those kinds of guys that are impact guys who are on practice squads and on the street. I mean, you're not. You know, you're that's not. kind of the problem for them. I know. But let me ask you would you really be going out of your way right now to sign Odell Beckham? In other words, you know how you always talk about the Lakers and you'll talk about a player and you'll say, well, you know what? Um, he doesn't really fit what they need. Mm-hmm. Does Odell Beckham fit what they need? Now, before you well, answer, they do need someone that can stretch the field I, a little bit. I understand, yeah. because a lot of people are going to say, now, wait a second, dude. Uh, Van Jefferson's been out. You let Robert Woods walk. You um, you really don't have much from Allen Robinson. So, yeah, smart guy. Yeah, you, you actually do need Odell Beckham. All I'm suggesting to you is, right now, they have much bigger needs. They're not likely going to be able to fill them. So, do you really want to sign Odell Beckham for what? Because he had a decent year for you last year? Because he got hurt in the Super Bowl, do you do you owe Odell Beckham? This is the NFL uh, we're talking about here. I mean, I don't know if you owe him, but he does make your team better. Well, again, my thought my thought is you can't run, you can't protect the passer who's getting sacked seven times, five times, getting hit all game long. I just I just don't think a wide receiver, a high price wide receiver, is what this team needs right now. But. Not like like I'm not anti Odell and I'm not anti them signing. I mean, him. it kind of sounds just, like you're anti Odell. Re- I'm just kind of realistic an, about what they uh, need. You, you were anti Odell last year, though. We do know that. Yes, that and, is correct. I'm not backing down from you that. Wrong. And it's yes, okay. he did. He sure um, did. Yeah. Um, 
but it it just feels like what your your so your objection to signing Odell is that he's not an offensive lineman. My objection to signing Odell right now is if you can sign him cheap for a one year deal and see what his knee if his knee holds up and if his body holds up, then great, sign him. But Odell doesn't want that because Odell knows that he has not been able to stay healthy. So, well, but I don't think Odell's looking for like a four-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's looking for that either. I think he's just looking for a, a one-year deal that makes sense, so that like a prove-it deal. Well, then, um, then I don't understand what he's when he's saying that the 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 Rams. Well, offer, my guess is they offer probably anything. offered him the league minimum, and that probably what you know. I don't know that to be the case, but it has to be low enough where he feels offended by it. Well, um, Ian Rappaport said that. He he reported that Odell wanted a Michael Gallup type offer from the Rams, which is why he's upset. What is a Michael Gallup offer? Well, Michael Gallup uh, is the wideout with the Cowboys who signed yeah. a five-year, fifty-seven point five million dollar deal. Well, he's despite, not getting that. Yeah, despite tearing his ACL in Week Seventeen last season, so he thinks that he's getting that. Right, but Michael Gallup also is younger than Odell, is he not? Fairly Michael, certain that's yeah, Michael Gallup. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're a fantasy player and you know Michael Gallup's career really well, good for you. I personally don't. Um, yeah, he's another. He's a stretch the field guy, Michael Gallup. Well, I mean, listen, if Odell Beckham says, "Look, the market has been set for a guy who tore his ACL late last year. I made it to the Super Bowl. I contributed to us winning the Super Bowl, and I want a five-year, fifty-seven million dollar deal." If I'm the Rams, I'm not even entertaining that. Are you? No, definitely not. No, nothing that long term. Certainly Although nothing. all these contracts, Cappy, in the NFL, as you know, are monopoly money anyway. Like, it could be five years, but it doesn't mean anything because it's probably only a one-year deal. Right, but let's just say it's five years, and Gallup, 57 million. Gallup, by the million. way, three, three years younger than him. Okay, five years, $57 million. Did it say, because I know you Googled it quickly, did it say guaranteed? How much he got guaranteed? No, it doesn't say that. Okay, because, I mean, that's the other part of it is I'm not giving Odell Beckham a ton of guaranteed money. Not now. I mean, if it were the beginning of next year, maybe. I, mean, I feel not, like he's completely unrealistic if he thinks he's getting anything close to that. Well, I think he's probably just unrealistic, generally speaking. Yeah, I don't disagree with you on that. But then again, you and I were the we're, we're jaded. Yeah, we were not we were not Odell fans last year. He did prove me wrong. I I don't mind being wrong when I'm wrong, but uh, he did prove me wrong last year. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, big deal or no deal, Cappy? You ready? We're gonna do I'm that ready. next. Thanks, Christopher. Take it away, Linz. Thanks, Sedano. All right, so, Cappy, we haven't said a word about your, your, your I say that facetiously, Chargers all week after uh, they beat our Browns, so I wanted to bring this up. Head coach Brand Staley, Brandon Staley doubled down on his late-game fourth-quarter decision, again expressing no second thoughts after watching the film from Sunday's game. Of course, his own star receiver, Keenan Allen, even questioned Staley's thought process while he was sitting at home with his hamstring injury. He tweeted out, WTF are we doing? And then he later deleted the tweet. Well, Staley told reporters this week that he met with Allen on Monday and that the two talked and that they have recently become extremely close. I think it's still weird for Allen to publicly call out his coach like that. Do you guys think it's a big deal or no deal? Cappy, you go first. I'll say it's a big deal. I, I, Brandon Staley, it's so funny to me. Everybody rips Nathaniel Hackett. Everybody rips Josh McDaniels, but nobody seems to want to rip Brandon Staley. I mean, give me a freaking break, man. I mean, one of your star players who's injured and watching the game is sitting at home criticizing you, and the next thing you know, you're going on every radio show you can find saying, no, we talked about it, and now we are extremely close. We weren't close yesterday. Today, extremely close. 
practically moving in. We're going to be roommates together. We're so close. And why can't anybody ever just admit when they make a mistake? Why is it such a big deal to not just say, I went back and watched the film. You know what? I looked at it. I probably shouldn't have gone for it on fourth and two. What is wrong with admitting that you made a mistake after well, an why analyzing Why did he make a mistake? It? He did the same thing against Houston, and it worked out, and he won. He's consistent with what he wants to do. You just don't like his methodology. Wait a second. Are you telling me that against Houston on fourth and two on their own 45-yard line with a minute to go, he did the exact same thing? It wasn't the exact same scenario, but it was a similar scenario on a fourth down play that okay. ended up sealing the victory for them. Okay. Yes. Now, now, earlier in the game, for a guy who loves to go for it on fourth down, he kicked short field goals. So he took the points. I but just don't... I, that, that's probably because whatever... Cap, there is a a risk-reward on every single play, okay? That's what NFL coaches, at least most of them, have figured out. There is a risk-reward and a percentage of how it increases your ability or probability to win a game, okay? And that's what they base this off of. So if, if he – but he's very consistent in what he wants to do on fourth down for the most part. You just don't – clearly you don't understand their, their the statistics and probability aspects part of it. And well, that's no, fine I under, if you don't. What, what I understand is, is that when it's fourth and two with a minute and change to go – and you're playing against a backup quarterback who just threw an interception, I would try and get him to drive the ball 75, 80, 90 yards on me rather than giving him the ball in the 45-yard line I going in. I understand. I totally understand what you're saying. But you, there are people who like to think out of the box. You're not one of them, apparently, when it comes to football. Or maybe I'm smarter than they are. Maybe. Maybe you're the smart one and he's, he's the dumb one. You're right. Thank you. That's all I'm asking you to do is to, to give that some real possibility. It's possible. You want me to lie? You want me to fake the orgasm again? Would you please? Do you mind? It's not for me, bro. Well, I just want you to be satisfied. That's all. Oh, jeez. Oh, good lord. If you all want right, him to be satisfied, Captain, then you know what you got to do. Don't fake it, bro. Take take a piece of advice from Clarence Carter. I'm stroke it to the east. Stroke it to the west. Stroke it to the lady that I love the best. I'd be stroke. Stroked it on the couch. <laughs> Have you ever stroked it in the back seat of a car? Oh, man, I can't get over that. That is one of the weirdest things I've heard in a long time. All right, next one here. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg failed to anticipate a newer trend in social networking that contributed to the success of rival TikTok. In an interview that came out this week, Zuckerberg said that he missed the newer way that people are interacting with discovered content and said that people are increasingly using their social networking feed to discover compelling content as opposed to viewing media that's shared by the friends that they follow. So in that world, it is actually somewhat less important who is putting out the content that you're finding. You just want the best content. So is it a big deal that Mark Zuckerberg admits that he missed the boat on this social media trend? Sedano, you go first. I mean, is it a? I mean, is he supposed to have like every social media trend just because he invented Facebook? No, but the fact that he's admitting that he screwed up and didn't see this, I feel like that's a big deal because that guy's always like, "I'm just going to steal your idea and put it in Facebook or buy it." Um, I mean, right? He generally does <laughs> that, I guess. It. But he's allowed to. I mean, he's missed on a lot of things, is my point, and then just uses his money to to play catch up. So I, I guess he's kind of admitted it without coming out publicly. So I, you know, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah, I also don't think it's a monster deal either. Because, Lindsay, what you said is right on. I mean, if, if he makes a mistake, he can just go buy something to fix the mistake. You think he'll buy TikTok? I don't know if he can. I don't TikTok's gotten out of control. Like, 
when he bought Instagram, I think he bought it early enough, and I don't even remember exactly. I mean, it was a monster transaction. It was. I think it was like a billion, a billion dollars, something I, like that. Might have even been more, but regardless, I mean, TikTok now. I'm trying to get into TikTok. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to use it. I know I'm way late to the party, but I'm trying. I just use it to watch. I don't post stuff because it's just, you know. I feel like it's one of those things where you need to find you need to find an avenue and stick with it because you need to, like, curate your specific audience. Whereas pe- people are, like, very into a specific thing when they watch your TikToks all the time, you know? They're all kind of the same. Like, you got, like, the shopping TikToks. You got, like, viral hacks, uh, you know, shopping. There's all kinds of different ones. So, yeah. All right, so... A new film is said to be so shocking and violent that people are passing out in movie theaters. Come on. Yep. Last week, the film Terrifier 2 was released in theaters, and horror fans have been flocking to watch it, mainly because it's kind of become a viral word-of-mouth hit. Uh, It said a lot of people on social media are posting that people have claimed to either seen someone pass out or vomit from the violence depicted in the film. And the film, which one review called the kind of horror movie that just doesn't really exist anymore, is a sequel to the 2016 film Terrifier, which follows a sadistic killer known as Art the Clown. I feel like it's kind of a big deal that people are passing out and barfing from a horror movie, <laughs> especially in 2022. So for you guys, does that make you want to watch it at all, Cap? Um, Kind of, because I don't think I would barf. I don't think I would pass out. So... Because other people are, that would make me probably want to see it. Because, frankly, I don't, I wouldn't have, I'm not a horror movie person, you know? But come on, puking and, and passing out in a movie theater because of the, I don't think so. Come on. So I almost puked watching Blair Witch Project, but it was because I got motion sickness. Oh, yeah. Because that... the camera is all over the place. Yeah. I mean, has anything on Game of Thrones ever made you, like, nauseous because you're like that is the most violent brutal disgusting thing i've ever seen i'm gonna um, throw there, up no not not like that not but i would say that it, i was uneasy during the original game of thrones when um one of the the baratheons um had his daughter burned or whatever oh dude i know that scene yeah, yeah where they sacrificed the daughter yeah that was that was that was not i, I that one stuck with me for a minute like whoa that was not what I wanted to watch. Yeah, I I agree. That was one of the most emotional scenes ever. But like, remember the uh, fight scene where the mountain fought against, uh, I don't remember the guy's name from Dorne. And it looked like the little guy from Dorne had him beat. And then the mountain comes back to life and smushes his head all over the ground. Remember that one? The mountain like physically comes to life. They called him the mountain. He was just a big dude. He's like this giant dude. You know, I'm going to try and watch this show tonight. I'm going to try and turn it on and watch it. Game of Thrones? House of Dragons is really good. House of Dragons. Yeah, I've tried watching Game of Thrones and I can't. House of the Dragon's really good. Now that I'm, like, past my confusion. By the way, real quick question in regards to uh, horror movies. Did you see, I, I just saw this, like, yesterday, that they're coming out with another Halloween movie and Jamie Lee yeah, Curtis Jamie is Lee still Curtis, in it? Yeah. yeah, like, this is, like, her 16th Halloween movie or something crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. It's been a long time. She needs to retire the Halloween movies. Well, she's making money off of it. Yeah, you're her. right. It's just crazy yeah. that she's still doing those movies. How old What's is Jamie Lee like? Curtis now? Um, Gotta be like 60-something? Yeah. She was on Jimmy Fallon, I think, last night or the night before. I used to love her. She was born in 58. You used to love so... her? I haven't seen her in ages. Oh. Well, she... you could see her if you want to watch Halloween. 63. She is. Oh, really? I mean, she looks good. 
you know, especially for 63. That's young. I thought you would be way older. What? Yeah. <laughs> if the Halloween guy doesn't kill her. You, Say again, Georgie? She's only 11 years older than you. I know. I'd still go out with her. Mm, so you like the cougars, huh? Yeah, I don't. I, I like older women. Get her before Is she Rachel dies. Younger? Yeah, I feel like Rachel's definitely younger than you, right? Should I say this on the air? It just say if she's younger or older. That's all you she's gotta not, say. She's not younger. Really? Wow. She, I thought go. that she's definitely like ten years younger than you. Really? Yeah, she looks great. She looks I mean, great. she's a very pretty woman. Well, that's a nice compliment. I'll share that with her. She's very pretty. Yeah, I would have never guessed she's older. I'm gonna have to like. How about based on her maturity? How about based on her success? I mean, based on things like that, you got to think she's got to be, you know, a little. No, no, no. There's plenty of successful women. I mean, she she must have a little bit of immaturity in her to be dating you. Just kidding. Just kidding, Cap. Just kidding. Little joke there. No, no. There, there, there's that. Everybody's got you know little like different percentages uh, in their body of you know when they are like serious and when they're not so serious. And there's enough there for her that you know Cappy entertains her. I mean, I would even go so far as to say Cappy that she's like. (laughs) Kind of out of your league. Uh, you don't have I mean, to. She's pretty much out of your. She's definitely yeah, out of your league. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah don't don't sugarcoat that. I mean, we we can be on the same page on that one, Lindsay. Baseball. She's way out of my league yeah. on so many levels. I don't even know what to think about how you two ended up together. When's but... your next Calendly meeting? Um, this evening, as a oh. matter of fact. Yes, I'm I'm on her Calendly tonight. Oh, excellent. Had to book an appointment with her. All right, L- last one, Lindsay. Well, that's all we got time for. Oh, oh that's it. Sorry. We're done. Yeah, I'm uh, too busy listening to Clarence Carter stroking it back. I'm here, stroking. Okay? Yeah, he be stroking to the east and stroking to the west, stroking to the woman that he loved the best. All right, coming up next, final segment. Come on now. I hope yeah. so. That couple in Vegas did. Oh yeah, they did tonight. Cappy's planning on that. It's in the Calendly. Right. Oh, that's sad. If you got to add that to the Calendly, bro. <laughs> stroking. Remember that, Kevy. I'd be stroking. Telling you that he's going to start doing the Clarence Carter thing. I love best. Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it comes. Get ready. Specified. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 damn, oh. Clarence Carter, you cursed. Come I on. don't see. And I'm not trusting Cap for ish anymore. <laughs> you even knew that exact part, too. <laughs> we asked, does it curse? You're like, no. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. I, mean, I don't remember. It's okay, Cap. It's, okay. it's okay. I dumped it, Cap. I, I'm Clarence quick with that. I'm quick Clarence with that. Clarence 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 Clarence. Man, I was waiting for that part, too. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, aren't you guys glad that I'm quick with the dump? Get it together, yeah. Clarence. Why you got to swear like that? Come on. Making wow. the dump queen work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he was imitating I mean, his, that's uh, weird. Don't his say woman, that. so. Guys, can I tell you that the entire broadcast that we've been on the air today, I have been watching my son's college football game. I've mentioned it a few times. Yes, you have. It was 0-0 at half. We took a 21 to nothing lead. It's now 21-14. to There's 2-21 to go in the game. We always play not to lose. Rather than to go for the jugular and go for the win, we've just punted the ball back to them, and now they are driving. They're on our 25-yard line, two minutes to play. They're down by seven. We could be looking at overtime. So uh, your son plays for the Cleveland Browns? And they, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the way it is right now. It's like these coaches, they make me crazy. You know, it's like, Coach, come on, man. You got a 21-14 lead. Don't sit on the ball with four minutes to go. 
throw it, drive it, do something creative. Just give the running back the ball and wait for him to be tackled right behind the line of scrimmage and then punt the ball to these guys. Come on, dude. And every week my father texts me, God, they got to fire these coaches. I'm like, Dad, it's Division II college football, Dad. It's not like they're like, you know, everybody's out there trying to get these jobs, you know? Wait a second. We may have just made the play of the game. Quarterback was back. We hit his arm. Ball came loose. And I think they may have recovered the ball. George, you should be doing play-by-play for us right now. I think right. George fell asleep after that. Really? No, no, I'm No here. offense, Cap. No, none taken. But if George should be doing the play-by-play right now. Be very helpful if he was. You know what I, I was I, thinking? I'm not watching it, though. Speaking of play-by-play, um, Bob Costas, everyone was, like, super excited that he's calling, you know, oh, he's calling the Yankees Guardians. Then series. everybody was ripping him. Because he was, he's boring. And, like, his his defense was that, like, I get, he went on the Cleveland ESPN LA station, or, I mean, ESPN Cleveland station this morning, and he was talking about how it's so hard to do, to call games on TV now because there's so much going on, you know? And he was like, there's just a lot going on, like, talking about, like, how he had to throw it to the dragon, you know, and stuff like that. And he's just like, Vince Scully couldn't be Vince Scully today if you were calling TV games. Throwing to the dragon was crazy the other night. Did you guys see that? Everybody saw that? Yeah, I we saw had, it on we Twitter. I thought he was fine. I, I didn't have a huge issue with it. I have it if you no, guys want to play I, it. I just felt bad for him. Like, like this is the promo that they're having to do. So now Bob has to be an actor. He's not a play-by-play guy. you got to be an actor. You guys want to hear it? He's a pretty good it. actor, though. He was in The Waterboy. We should play it, Cap. Because let, me, let me play it. Hold on. Go play it, Mario. Now, you know, big sellout crowd here, but we weren't 100% sure this game was going to be played tonight. And for more, and it's shocking, here's Lauren Shahadi. Guys, thank you so much. Wild stuff. Here's what we know. Apparently, one of the stars of HBO's House of the Dragon has decided to take in a ball game here in the Bronx. Officials are hopeful that the dragon won't breathe fire during gameplay, but we'll see if he complies. By the way, House of the Dragon is streaming on HBO Max if you want to check it out. Back to you. You know, I kind of feel like Orson Welles in War of the Worlds. (laughs) Maybe we're actually frightening some gullible people. But some Rodan-like creature is hovering over Yankee Stadium. Do not be alarmed, folks. Come on. Uh, I think he's probably annoyed at that. Oh, yeah. he, he That's what I mean. Like, he's I very... Mean, he's clearly, like, annoyed that he has to do that promo. Him. How about her? How about Lauren Shahadi? Oh, she was super into it. Dude, she was, like, she so was selling, selling it. it. Yeah, she's yeah. selling the hell out of it. So, it just made me think, Sedano, I think you need to uh, get on the uh, roster to call some MLB games. I've never called a baseball game in my life, so I wouldn't. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, you know, I could do it, but it it would be challenging. I would imagine first the depth perception part of it would probably be the most challenging. Not necessarily like the actual calling of the plays. It's just knowing where the ball is heading. I was going to ask, like, do you think that's like the hardest sport to call? I don't. I, I mean, yeah, pro, yes, I would say yes because there's a lot of time to fill. I, that to me is not the challenge for me. It would be the depth perception of when the ball comes off the bat. Like, where is it heading? Michael Thompson said he thinks that's the easiest one. He was talking about it yesterday. Uh, yeah, no, I disagree. I think that, you know, if you have the gift of gab, then maybe you, you feel it's a little easier. I think the talk show part of it probably would help. Um, but I, I, I think that there's so much. People assume because there's dead time that it's easier. I actually think that's harder to be entertaining when there's a lot of dead time. I would think that it would be the worst. I mean, unless you absolutely, like, your life is baseball, I could never imagine being a, a play-by-play guy for a baseball team where you're doing 150 games a year and you're on the road all season long. I mean, I respect the hell out of these guys that do it, but, um, man, I would never have any interest in doing that. 
baseball yeah, in particular. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I, I, you know, it's not my thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, basketball I, mean, I couldn't do. Could never I mean, do basketball. Look, I, if only like honestly, if we're being serious, and I'm not trying to take somebody's job. You know what I mean? But like, there, if if I got the chance to like, if I knew I could do it, right? Like, let's say I, I actually was good because there's a chance I'm not good at it, right? I would have to try it first. And and I may want to try it once or twice just to see if I'm okay at it. But to your point, I think it's much harder than people think. Like I don't think that that baseball is easy by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, if you tell me that I could, that if I could be like the voice of like a, a signature franchise, I don't care what sport it is, I would do it. Oh yeah, not me. Only only play by play I would ever do or have ever done or would ever be interested in doing is football. I do college football, do NFL football, but basketball. Don't feel like I know the game nearly well enough to call it. Baseball, bored out of my freaking mind over here. Could never do it, would Why never do it. Why did you Andrew it. Dice Clay that? I'm just curious. Because I was going to say bored out of my mind over here, and that's kind of an Andrew Dice Clay thing. So I was like, bored out of my mind over here. See what I'm saying? No, that was like Bob Dylan-esque. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You should be the Chargers play-by-play guy. Nah, nah. Yeah. The owner won't have it. Mm. Owner just won't allow it. Well, they, they're on the other station. You couldn't do it anyway. Right. Plus, he does that Chargers win or whatever. Imagine if he would, though, like the twist of faith. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Could you, could you imagine the if they call me? You imagine they call me and they're like, "Hey, listen, I know all the bad blood between you and ownership, but you know what? An opportunity has presented itself, and we'd like you to become the play-by-play guy of the Chargers." And I go like this: I'm like, you know, uh, okay. I'm out. I go, okay, I'll do that. And then they're like, "Psych, loser." I don't think they would do that. I think if you would get the opportunity, he would call Sedano and be like, hey, man, so as the president of the Chargers hater club, but, you know, now I'm like, whoop, whoop, go Chargers. Right. Whoop, whoop. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah. It would be it would be pretty hilarious. You'd have to take down that shop fairly quickly. Guys, I'm telling you right now, there's 23 seconds to go in this game. We've got the ball, and we're trying to position ourselves for a game-winning field goal attempt with 22.8 seconds to go. Oh, well, we're not going to be able to – we're not going to make it. we got to go in, like, 10 seconds. So. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck, Cappy and Thanks. Justin. Yeah. All right. Great job, Cappy, Lindsay, and Lauda. We will talk to you mañana. Bet LA with Anita Marks is coming up next. Make sure you stay tuned for that. And Rams All Access, actually, first, then Bet LA. See you.